So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta podcast. The Active Atlanta podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swore, and today we have a really awesome guest. I'm super excited to talk with uh, with uh, Mike Mike Collins here. Uh, he is a nutrition coach, uh, personal trainer. Uh, he has a super high specialty and in- high interest in body recomposition. Um, guys, this this dude was born to be a personal trainer. I'll let him get into his background a little bit. Uh, I won't do him. I won't do the the in- the injustice of that story there. So. Um, without further ado, man, Mike Collins, welcome to the podcast, my man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Dude, of course. Um, man, I was looking through your bio before we got going here. And like, uh, obviously like, uh, doc Sam was the one who introduced you to our podcast. He spoke highly about you. Um, what, give me a little bit of, give me a little bit of a background of, of who you are and how you became, uh, how you got into the world of personal training and how you ended up specializing in body recomposition. So it actually, it, it kind of, it's a, a long story. I don't want to go too deep into it, but uh, yeah. uh, I was raised by a, a single mom who happened to be a uh, personal trainer and fitness instructor uh, nice. for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> so she actually uh, competed professionally Amazing. in bodybuilding too. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So I kind of grew up in that environment, uh, was in the gym from, you know, probably like you know, five years old in the, obviously not in the weightlifting area, but, uh, in the, in the children's play area. (laughs) And then as I got a little bit older, I, I mean, just started lifting weights at probably 12, 13. Um, and then just, it just started becoming a passion of mine. I just saw some changes to my body, got real excited. And then, um, you know, just fell in love with it. Um, my mom has pretty been a huge inspiration to me. Dude, that is, uh, well, well, so I've got a little one-year-old now, right? And this dude gives my wife and I the biggest run for our money of all time, right? Like trying to hold a career, trying to raise a kid, trying to still have a life, trying to uh, make sure that we stay, uh, have some type of emphasis on our health, right? Like, yeah. um, so to be a single mom and do all that is truly impressive, man. Jess and I, my wife and I, we have conversations not all the time, but not, not a weird amount of times. But we've had it before. It's like, thank God we're not single trying to do this, right? Like, <laughs> it would be unbelievable, man. So, like, uh, that's an incredible uh, testament to your mom that she was able to do all of that and still uh, compete on a compete on a competitive stage and and uh, raise a kid successfully and everything. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. What so, uh? So then, okay. So you started lifting weights at like twelve to thirteen, right? And then, um that, that weightlifting became a passion. I mean, you went and you got your master's in this, right? So like, um, what led you to want to, cause it's impressive, right? Like 
a lot of times if somebody's around something all the time, they kind of get burnt out by it at some point, right? So like um, the fact that you've stayed in a pursuit of getting a high level of education on it, getting your master's, like that's not a small feat, man. So like what kind of fuels your fire with that um, now that you're using uh, your your interests and your skill set in a way to make a, uh, to make a living, right? To be a professional in this industry. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it has to be the, I don't, I, it's hard to explain this, the feeling I get when I work out and the, obviously the changes you see in your body. Um, you know, my, that's been pretty much my passion on, on fitness and, and building muscle and, and changing my body. Yeah. Um, as far as nutrition, I, I don't, it's hard to kind of root where that came from. Um, I, I just have like this passion for, you know, the, the way different foods have an effect on our body, uh, you know, how some diseases, yeah. I mean, diabetes, heart disease, obesity, all these things can be cured with just changing the way you eat and, um, you know, learning about just the obesity pandemic and in this country and, and, you know, how that affects so many people, it's, it's kind of drove me towards, you know, more towards nutrition Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, helping people lose weight and just, and just get healthy just by eating right. Yeah. So what are some, uh, for sure, man. And there's a lot to unpack there and there's, there's yeah. so many questions surrounding. Yeah. I do think nutrition is sweet, man. Like, uh, it's, it is pretty wild how much you can like impact performance and how much you can impact just quality of life. Um, just general health with, uh, the proper food and nutrition. Right. And it's pretty crazy to me. Cause I don't think how, I don't think many people realize, I don't think people realize, um, how bad their body really feels after chronically eating like highly processed foods or chronically eating um, a suboptimal diet. And not saying that like you have to walk around looking like a Greek God. Right. But like, uh, or like Mike Collins over here. Right. But like uh, you can definitely like uh, just eating healthy in general is a nice way to just like give back to your body, man. Like it's a machine, like you um, it's a highly dynamic, it's, it's much more diverse and capable than, than most machines out there, but still at the end of the day, it needs the right fuel. So like, what are some things that you notice consistently that people either undereat, overeat, are they chronically uh, dehydrated? Like, uh, what's kind of going on? So it's it's a combination of actually both. I mean, there's I have a, a diverse you know client base that you know either they obviously they to eat too much food, and a lot of them they undereat and they don't realize that. Mm. Uh, one of the th- main things that I've noticed recently is the difficulty in getting in enough protein, yeah. um, which is kind of, uh, at first I was just having this conversation with a patient literally <laughs> two days ago. So like, yeah, yeah lay it on me here. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, and coming from me, which I feel like it's just so easy for me to get my protein in that mm-hmm. it was just kind of surprise at the beginning. Um, and so I've had to go through some of these, uh, it's a learning experience for me, but for them as well as teaching them how to incorporate more protein to their diet, I mean, some people would just be like, you know, I, I'd ask them, you know, what they have for dinner. And they'd be like, well, I had some rice. And I'm like, well, rice shouldn't be the first thing that you're saying. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> I, I'm like, you probably need to change your meals to be centered around a protein source first. And then think of the rice and the vegetables as your sides mm-hmm. and not so much, oh, I had fried rice for dinner. Like that's yeah. just going to lead to the body composition that you're, you're not going to want. Um, yep. So it's, it's teaching people how to eat more protein. And I think, uh, there's kind of a disagreement in the nutrition community on, uh, eating too much protein and then just not eating enough. So, uh, yeah. a little bit about like my background with nutrition is that I, 
I was, I studied some plant-based nutrition too. Yeah. And they tend, a lot of the doctors on that side tend to kind of go towards the lower end of protein. And then obviously when you go towards, uh, just, you know, general nutrition knowledge, it's supposed to be higher protein. So there's a little bit of a conflict on each side. And I think a lot of people get confused by that. So oh, it's, man. Yeah. it's just curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like I think, um, I think at the end of the day, there's still so much that we need to learn about nutrition and how it impacts our body, right? Like, um, if there's such a strong disagreement in the community, which there isn't like everything, by the way, like, uh, it kind of like, it's the, it's that old adage of like, uh, the more, you know, you let the less, you know, right. Um, but, um, or the more, you know, the less you, or the, like the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know at the same time, but like, um, yeah, I think protein has been like it's, it's been this highly di- de- debated topic since like the age of time, right? Um, yeah. But there's just no uh, there's no um, arguing against its impact on our performance and on our ability to build muscle mass, on our ability to improve our muscle composition, on our ability to maintain satiation, right? Like on our like all these things. That's um, so like it is an important structure. It is an important ma- macronutrient in our total um, healthcare plan. So. Um, man, I was talking with this guy the other day. So, uh, one, he, he, you know, we were talking about this guy. He's, a, he's, he's, uh, really dedicated to a healthy lifestyle, but all, all these people that I'm about to talk about are, and, uh, uh, he has a super hard time getting protein in. And I think, um, you know, as we kind of get older, this guy, he's like, uh, he's a little bit on the older side. Um, but, um, he has a really hard time hitting his, hitting his macros. Um, it was like, he's trying to get hundred grams of protein a day, I think is what he's trying to get. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know where that number come from or like who told him that, but like, that's what he's striving for. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's super hard for him to get that. And like, I guess I kind of get that too. Right. Because like, um, most people, and this is probably something that you deal with on a daily basis and you're, and you're in, uh, and your field. Um, most people don't work in a gym, man. Like most people don't move around for a living, you know, like most people like this guy, he's a high level attorney. He's a badass at what he does. He's a great like golfer. He's a fitness enthusiast, but his career is very demanding too. So like there's periods of time, long periods of time where like, he's got to just like sit and focus or like walk around his office at a minimum. Right. Like, um, it becomes very hard to like hit some of these goals that, you know, like, uh, from a protein goal. Cause like I said earlier, like you, like we know in the world, like, uh, uh, it is a satiating like uh, macronutrient, right? So like the more yeah. protein you eat, the harder, like the less hungry you are throughout your day, essentially, right? So that's an interesting challenge. But then I also really think it's interesting. Um, I, w- I worked with this endurance athlete and he's trying to maintain, he's trying to eat per- for performance, but also not put on any weight because he's a big time cyclist, right? And he's trying to main- he's trying to keep a light frame. But this dude was telling me he was eating like 1500 calories or something like that. And he is like this big time endurance athlete, right? Like, it's like, bro, you need to be like at least doubling that probably. Like, I don't know. I'll need to send you to Mike Collins or somebody who's an expert in this field. But like, um, that is, I know that's way too low for just an average adult male to begin with, let alone somebody who's riding a ton of miles a day or a week. Right. Yeah. And I'm just curious about like what his, like, obviously I'm not, not putting down any other macronutrients like carbs and fat, but yeah. you know, I'm just curious what his, his carbon take is too. So like, that's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that are, you know, they want to, they want to lose weight. So they, they think that just having the minimal amount of calories every day is going to help them lose weight. Yeah. And sometimes you're just, you're, you're wind up, you know, hurting yourself instead of helping yourself. Oh my gosh. So it's, performance it's been fascinating. Individual. Yeah. Um, so, all right, well, here's another, here's another like highly debated topic that I'd be curious to get your uh, thought process on. Right. Like, um, so the old, so like, uh, calories in calories out, right. Like 
Um, you must be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. You must be like, it all comes down. Like you can, like, as long as our, like uh, our macros and everything need to be in line in some capacity, but at the end of the day, you need to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. Is that true or false in your opinion? Or what do you, what do you think about in, uh, that statement? So, yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. Um, obviously energy in, energy out. Um, you know, so it, it just depends on your goals, especially from my experience with trying to, uh, you know, and I go through these, uh, people go on bro phases now cutting and bulking and, you know, trying to put on weight and trying to lose weight. So, uh, obviously when I'm trying to lean out and, you know, show a little more abs and a little more def- muscle definition, I'm cutting my calories down. Totally. So, and it's, it's worked for pretty much all my, my clients that, that work with me on nutrition, yeah. um, you know, reducing their calorie intake while upping, upping their energy output, which is, you know, going to the gym, you know, three or four times a week. So I, I am in agreement with that. I know that, um, like you said, there's obviously a top, that's kind of a topic that, especially on social media where people kind of have been in a disagreement. So I'm not sure how you, uh, lose weight with eating. I know obviously you're, you can eat more and lose weight, but you obviously have to train harder to reduce your calories. So it's, it's, I think it's a confusing topic. I think so, man. I, you know, what I think it is, is like as a society <laughs> in any arena, w- we tend to swing on a pendulum, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, yeah. you go back to like 70s, 80s, 90s, and it's all about like, man, it's like slim fast and cigarettes, right? Like that's, that's what your diet is, right? Like, uh, yeah. cause you need to lose calories or you need to reduce your calories to lose weight, da, 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 right? And then, uh, you just kind of start swinging on this pendulum, especially with the rise of like social media and everything it was like, hold on, like, that's not necessarily the healthiest thing to do either. Like, especially if your goal is like body composition, right? Like, uh, and being able to have a healthy body and everything. Um, and then it turns and then the narrative turns into, it's like, well, you know, intuitive eating or do whatever you want. And like, uh, your body will tell you, and I was like, yeah, I mean, some of that is true. Right. But there are still like foundational principles or foundation principles that need to happen. Right. Like, uh, you can't be in a caloric surplus consistently and expect to lose weight. Right. Like, um, it just is what it is, man. Like, but what I will say, is or what I what I do think is is a really good point that people bring up a, a lot of times now is like you do need to eat more than you probably think you need to eat right from a caloric yeah. standpoint like from a normal um like uh healthy lifestyle and if you're trying to lose weight at an appropriate rate and everything um obviously when we're talking about like there's such a huge difference between like um health and wellness and fitness and sport right like when you're trying to cut for a bodybuilding comp or for a, like a competition or a show coming up right like that's yeah. Like we know how, like, you know how to do that, right? Like, uh, there's like very set in stone, like this is what you do. Um, now regard if that's the healthiest thing to do, that's probably fine. Right. But like, you probably don't want to have like, you don't want to be doing that every day. And you don't want like the average everyday person doing something like that. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. um, you gotta, it's, it's a sport, right. It'd be like, you probably shouldn't go out there if you're 38 years old and you haven't sprinted in two decades, you probably shouldn't go out there and try to run repeat twos. Right. Like, you're going to pull a hammy, man. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I don't think I could do that right now either. So <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you what sprint work. Like, oh man, it is like, uh, it's Brutal. the best and the worst, man. Like yeah. it is, uh, it'll give you like, man, I remember when I first started getting back into sprint work and like, uh, just like headaches for the rest of the day. Cause like, I just wasn't used to that lactate threshold. When yeah. I was hitting and everything. It yeah. Exertion headache. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, man. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, I do think our society tends to, li- tends to swing on pendulums, but like, um, cause our basal metabolic rate, like, I think like, let's talk about this for a second too, if you, if you want to, but, um, 
we can exercise all we want, right? Like we're most likely on a, at least on a consistent basis, we're not going to be able to burn anywhere close to what like our normal basal metabolic rate is like our basal metabolic, like, which is just the amount of energy that your body needs yep. to sustain life. That's what your basal metabolic rate is. And I mean, that's that you're burning thousands of cal- like a, over a thousand calories in a lot of situations, probably closer to like 15. If you're an adult male, like just 15 to 18, just on your basal metabolic rate. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And then you throw an exercise because when you exercise, especially if you're, if you're an interest in like, uh, like exercising an hour of a day is not going to, and that's, if, and we even talk about five days a week, right? But like most humans, most adults, um, they can fit in maybe three days a week, right? We'll call it three to four days a week. Uh, most professionals that aren't like, you know, fitness is their life type of deal, right? Three to four days a week for an average person who's trying to stay healthy is typically what we'll see. Um, you're not going to undo, uh, weeks like the rest of the week of just poor habits right like you can't undo you can't outwork uh, a poor diet you can't outwork sitting all day long right like it's uh it's an interesting conundrum like um do you under or not to understand but do you know who uh kelly starette is by chance uh she sounds familiar uh so kelly starette is uh he owns um uh like the ready state yeah yeah, no you're good yeah uh he owns the ready state he um he's like a huge influence in the world of physical therapy, which is why this, which is why I know him. Right. But like, um, you know, he's one of the first people that I heard, uh, the phrase, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, neat from, um, so like non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Right. So like, um, the amount of like, we just don't move enough in society right now. Right. Like, um, most people are just like, and this is why it gets hard to like hit your like protein numbers or like to hit your total, like macros that you need to hit. And like, uh, Cause we just don't move enough to justify it. Our body's pretty smart. It's like, no, nah, man, you've been sitting for six hours a day. I don't need a lot for that. Right. Like, um, so yeah, it's interesting. How do you, uh, so as a, uh, personal trainer, as a nutrition coach, um, as somebody who helps people make these changes, um, every day, right. Um, what are some of the harder, uh, like habitual changes that you notice that people have? Um, I'll give you an example that was, you know, being super transparent. Some of those are like really hard for me is like, uh, or was like, um, not, not eating and watching TV. Right. Um, I remember I, I was back in college and, uh, I was working with this or not working with, but I was taking an abnormal psychology class and, uh, the abnormal psych professor, she, her interest was in nutrition and diabetes and how, and I was like, that's an interesting interest for an abnormal psych teacher to be talking about. Anyway, um, she brought up a point of like not eating while you're in front of the TV. And I was like, holy shit. And she's like, cause then it just turns into when you watch TV, you need to eat. Like that's the, that's the, that's the memory. That's the muscle memory that your body makes or the, or the yeah. mind body connection that your body makes. I was like, holy shit. That's so true. Cause then I tried to not eat. And it's like really hard. And that's like, cause you know, you sit down, you watch your show, you want a snack or like, you want like whatever. Right. Or like, if you are eating, you want to be like kind of entertained while you're eating. Like yeah. that was a, that was a habit that was hard for me to break. Are there like normal ones? Are there consistent ones that you kind of see with the clients that you work with? So I, I would have to go, uh, and actually to kind of go back just a little bit. Um, so before I started doing this full time, I was in finance. So I was a trust officer. Oh, wow. There you go. A large large bank for like 10 years. So uh, I know what it, you know, it's like to sit at a desk for eight hours a day. Um, and I, I think I started to realize I couldn't do it anymore after I consistently got up every 15 minutes, especially when I needed a protein snack. Cause I wanted to meet my protein for the day. Yep. Um, so it was that that's, that's something that I can kind of help 
or I kind of tell my clients that I have experience in that. I understand what it's like to sit at a desk, at a cubicle and yeah, work at a computer all day. So, um, you know, I, I get, I get that, um, with the, the habits, I, I have to go back to obviously that the one that has stuck out to me. And I think we, we just talked about this is that the not, not understanding how to get protein in during the day and yeah. how to pick the right snacks during the day. Yeah. Uh, so like a lot of people, they, they think of snacks as, uh, potato chips or, mm-hmm. uh, peanuts or something like that. And just, yeah. they, they don't, they, they think the normal is to, uh, eat unhealthy. Yeah. So normal dinner is to stop at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and not, I mean, at least if you're going to grab, you know, fast food, try to, you know, grab one of those, create your own bowls at Cava or Bole or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Justo. it's, yeah, exactly. Just mm-hmm. one of those spots. And I've kind of, especially the people and a lot of people have trouble with managing their time and, uh, especially through my nutrition coaching, I've tried to add a little bit more of, you know, Chipotle and a lot of these other places have nutrition calculators on their websites mm-hmm. where you can actually build something before you go into the restaurant. So yeah. you're not at the counter worrying what you can put on your bowl yeah. um, or adding stuff that you think is going to be okay. And then you wind up putting it in your food tracker and, you know, you've consumed half the calories for the day in one meal. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, those are a couple habits that I've, I've noticed, um, you know, we're, we're just a fast moving society. So mm-hmm. I feel like nobody has any time and a lot of people don't make time to eat better. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think you bring up an interesting point because it is the norm to eat unhealthy at this point, right? Like, um, yeah. it just is what it is. Um, which is why there's an obesity issue in, the, in America. Right. Um, and we are a fast-paced society. I, you know, I think it's so multifactorial. I don't think it's as simple as just saying like, ah, you shitty human, like eat better, right? Like uh, <laughs> yeah. there's there's so there's so many um, layers to it, man. Like there's a lot of societal pressure on having a successful career, right? Like, uh, yes. m- like not just uh, not just having a successful career, but then having a successful household, right? Like uh, I was just talking about this with a buddy of mine who's who's got a kid, and like uh, you know, our parents were able to like. Um, grow up and have a one income household and like still be okay. Right. Like, um, and while that's okay to not have that, like, uh, or to have that, like, um, it's just not always the norm anymore. And there's just a lot of pressures now. Right. So like it becomes kind of like the demand for, uh, opportunities like, um, Augusta or Chick-fil-A, like they're just everywhere. Right. It becomes convenient. Like, um, I'll never forget. Like, uh, when I was talking with somebody who does a lot of like nutrition coaching for, um, uh, like low socioeconomic areas. Right. Um, it's kind of, kind of his MO. And, uh, he was talking about how like, bro, I was talking to somebody this the other day where, um, there was, uh, like, it's not like the choice was there's, it's not like, is there's good food or bad food? It's like, Oh, cool. We have food today. Right. Like, so, and then you throw in like the dollar menu or you throw in like, uh, if we're going to stay on the fast food train, like I do get why, people lean on that, right? Or you got a family of four, man. It's going to be super easy, man. Everyone gets chicken nuggets off the, off the dollar menu, right? Like I do get on, I do understand some of that too, but, um, I love what you taught the thing that you taught, brought up is like, man, I get it. Like we need convenience at some, on some level, which is why supplements are so good. I think supplements get like a huge, um, uh, or they can get like uh, kind of poo pooed a little bit, right? Like, uh, yeah. uh, where it's like, oh man, you can get all you need through like normal food, and it's like normal food, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, well, 
true. But like, if I'm trying to get a hundred grams of protein a day and it's really hard for me to do that, like I can, and I know I can get 25 to 30 and like a, and a solid protein shake, like, cool. I'm just going to do that. Right. Like, or like, if it's tough for me to get as many vegetables as I should eat because I'm a consultant and I'm on the road all the time. Right. Like, cause that's another thing. Like you, you're in the world of finance, like, man, I work with some of these people that are like, they travel more than they don't. Right. Like, uh, and, and when you're traveling, you have to be so dedicated to like, I mean, there are people that do it and like more power to them. I think that's fucking amazing. Right. But like, um, it's so hard to like travel with your food. Right. Or like to, um, yeah. like, or just like, you know, you think about if you're traveling or if you're on a vacation, like you don't eat the healthiest when you're on vacation, you shouldn't, you should enjoy your vacation. Right. Yeah. Um, or do yeah. like whatever, you know, be whatever makes you happy. Uh, but, um, there are other factors than just like, oh, you're a shitty human because you don't eat healthy. So like, um, but at the end of the day, not to swing too hard on that pendulum, right? Like there are principles that you should try to strive for. There are, um, foundational things that you should try to make sure that you're doing. There are people like you, Mike, who can help people manage that, right. And have some accountability because like, that's the hardest thing too, with some of this stuff It's just it's not normal to eat healthy, right? Or it's not normal to travel with your own food, right? Like it's not normal to eat healthy on vacation. It's not normal to eat healthy on a daily life. But like, so to have an accountability person who that is their normal, right? It can definitely make those challenges be a little bit more easier to where like you can now not feel like you're burning up so much bandwidth to maintain your new normal, right? Yeah. And I mean, I I think you said your friend that does the uh, nutrition coaching for uh, you know, people in just, you know, low economic situations. It's so, you know, I I actually, I, I bought a house last year in in Atlanta and we Mm -hmm. went around the whole city and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty new to Atlanta. I'm from Florida. Yeah. Uh, Congrats on the house purchase. Do what? Congrats on the house purchase. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. But we went around right now and we just noticed, and we were picking spots that we were interested in. And I noticed, and just being obviously, you know, obsessed with nutrition, I've noticed that a lot of the places that we looked at, especially on, you know, the West side or far East side of mm-hmm. like Decatur and West side of Atlanta, you know, they're called, uh, and I never, I've never heard this term before and I've actually never seen it before. Uh, what are they? Uh, desert food deserts. Yeah. So you said the, they, they just don't have access to healthier options. Yeah. And it, it was, it was extremely frustrating for me. And, uh, I had to tell my, my fiance, he's like, he's like, why are you getting so upset? I'm like, because I just, this is, this is annoying that, you know, you see these people that are just, you know, they're, they're sick, they're overweight, they have diabetes, they have heart problems or in the hospital all the time. And the reason is, is because they just want to get they just want to feed their kids and feed themselves. And all they have access to is a McDonald's, a church's chicken, mm-hmm. um, and a, and a food store, a gas station up the street. They don't mm-hmm. have a, you know, like a public have access to a target, a whole foods up the street, a Trader yep. Joe's. So it's, it's just, it was, it was super, super frustrating for me. And I just commend that, that guy that, that does that. So that's, that's amazing. Yep. Yeah. So. It's, it's super cool work, man. Like, cause it is true. Like, Cause then you can extrapolate that out so far. This like, uh, so like what you kind of talked about with like heart disease, man. Like yeah. I, I did a little bit of work in a hospital for, um, like one on clinic rotations, but two, like on like weekends, like part-time work type stuff. And, um, it becomes really unfortunate because like you do start to realize that most of these people in the hospital, like it's not, um, the majority of people aren't like 
aren't like you and me, right? Or they're not like uh they're not like the typical like average uh they're frequent flyers, man. Like it's yeah. it's people that end up with like after decades worth of um whether by choice or by situation or by lack of knowledge or whatever, right? There's multiple layers to it. Um, their health is now failing them, right? Yeah. And the healthcare system isn't built to do that. Like it's it's not built to it's not built to help that. Like we can keep you from dying, right? Like that's great. But like the hospital's not a place to go to try to learn like or try to like it's not gonna fix your decades worth of cardiovascular disease by going to the hospital once that or twice. Either. So, yeah. 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 Right. Um, I have somebody who, um, wh- where's he from? Doesn't matter. Another country. Right. And, yeah. um, like somewhere over in Europe. And, uh, he was like, I was asking about our, you know, what's the differences between like here or there and here and all this other stuff. And, um, uh, I thought he brought up a really interesting point that really has stuck with me because it was a conversation I had years ago, but, uh, he essentially said, um, like, well, he's like, I'll talk about healthcare, for example. And I was like, because I think I said, like, yeah, does every American just look like super obese? You, <laughs> you know, and uh, he's like, I'll give you a, I'll give you an example of the healthcare system that I noticed is a huge, the biggest difference. He's like, if you have some crazy cancer that like is like really rare, or like you have something that's wildly wrong, or like a, you know, if like if we look at healthcare like a bell curve, right, and like you're on this end of the bell curve or something that's kind of going on healthcare system's perfect for you, like, uh, or here in America, like that's where you want to be. He's like, they've yeah. got the best technology. They spend the most time on education. Like they've got um, like these amazing facilities, right? Like it's kind of where you want to go. It's like, but general health, like, no, man, you don't want anything to do with America's system. I was like, uh, that's so true. Right. And it's, and it's so interesting to see people pick that up because you think about like, man, think about like just the general stress that, that people go through these days. Right. Like, uh, we all know how stress can just wreck your body. Right. Um, and, and multiple cool. different levels, not just composition. Right. Um, you know, stress can impact you. And like, if you're super stressed out, you're probably not going to make as, as good as, uh, healthy, like eating decisions because a lot of times food can be comforting, right? That's why yes. comfort food is a, is a term. Um, if you're not making, if you're stressed out, you're not making the best healthcare or you're not making the best diet decisions, you're probably not making the best movement decisions either. Or it becomes very easy for you to be like, nah, I'm good. I don't really want to go to the gym today. Um, yeah. and if you're not moving now, now you're not eating well, and you're also not, uh, and you're not like, uh, managing your stress very well. Cause it all becomes a vicious cycle. You're probably not sleeping very well either. And then it all just feeds on itself and we can see how we not get this effect. like, yeah. But, yeah. And then we see that we get this like huge issue that leads to an, an overburdened healthcare system, right. Or like, um, Americans that just aren't very healthy or, or, uh, um, epidemic of, uh, obesity that's in our, that's uh, you know, that's, this is decades worth of an issue. So. Um, yeah. I am so glad that there's people like you out there who can, um, help people with these, um, help people with accountability, help people make, uh, smart decisions, help people take complex issues and make it more applicable to their situation in a simplified way. Um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, man, if they wanted to, um, learn more about you, or if they just wanted to like, see a little bit more about your work, like what are some really cool ways that they can, uh, get in touch with you? Sure. So, uh, probably my main point of contact would be Instagram. So if they go to my Instagram, yeah, at coach Mike Collins, um, they can also visit my website, coachmikecollins.com. And, uh, you know, there's training collectives website as well, which is trainingcollective.com. And you can look at the list of trainers and I am under the list of trainers. So, uh, feel free to schedule an intro session there. Dude, that's great, man. Um, thank you so much. Like, uh, one little, let's leave it with this. Let's leave. What's one quick trick or a tip that you like to give people for improving their snacking? We'll go back to that. So always, I say, I always tell people to look at the nutrition facts 
yeah. uh, of everything and look for the thing with the highest amount of protein and the lowest amount of fat and carbohydrates. Love it. All right, man. Yeah. Would you have a favorite snack? What's your go-to? So right now it's cottage cheese. <laughs> <laughs> good, yeah, I don't know very many people are going to say that's her favorite snack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I oh, love man. it. So yeah. That's great. Do you put anything in it or just like straight up just cottage cheese? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll eat it with grilled chicken. Uh, mm. And sometimes I'll just, uh, I'll mix some blueberries and raspberries. So it depends on if I want something sweet or something savory. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Mike, dude, thank you so much for getting on the show. Um, I really appreciate your expertise and your knowledge and your time. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch soon, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.